Hello and welcome to the Peoples of the World podcast. I am Kev Shapers, your host. Join with me on this beautiful journey to explore different cultures, traditions and religions and find out what we have in common and what we can learn from each other. Stay tuned. All right, all right. Today I am joined with Luke from Switzerland. It's uh, a very interesting one for me because he actually grew up in the same little village as me. So this is going to offer me a completely different perspective and maybe change some of the views that I have from my childhood as well. Luke, why don't you go ahead and just uh, make yourself known so we can hear your voice? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me, Kev. I'm really glad to be here and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Amazing. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time to just sitting down with me. It's, uh, as it usually goes in these conversations, uh, I would like to start off with your childhood and just give us your perspective. Things like uh, family situation, uh, the things that you were interested in as a kid, the challenges and the happy times that you've had. Yes, uh, as you said, I mean, we, we, even, we even grew up in the same street, basically. Uh, I mean, at least uh, I think I moved there when I was four. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, especially in hindsight, uh, it was a very privileged uh, childhood. I think uh, I didn't fully realize it as a kid because it's just uh, the only thing you know. But uh, the older you get, you realize how, how many privileges you have. Uh, growing up in Switzerland and uh, I mean uh, my parents have a small house with, with a garden and everything so it's really I mean you have everything you you could imagine there and uh, yeah I mean school was also it wasn't always I think school was sometimes a bit difficult for me because uh, even though I had two or three really good friends, uh, I, I always felt like I didn't really fit in uh, with my uh, with my classmates. I always felt a bit like an outsider. But uh, e even then, when when you think back, it's like uh, you still had your two or three really good friends. Where you, I mean, I spent a big part of my summer holidays at my friend's place, and uh, we were just. Uh, playing soccer outside or playing video games or whatever and we really had uh, there, there, there were some great memories that uh, from this time so uh, it's it's really a bit a bit of both uh, on one way it was really privileged with uh, I mean parents who were there for me and uh, friends who played outside with you then later also <laughs> going around the houses with you <laughs> sometimes but but then uh, at the same time, uh, like you, you feel you don't really fit in in your school and uh, in your class. And uh, I mean, I remember uh, so when it came to the end of primary school, I was really looking forward to change school just uh, to meet new people and kind of get out of this uh, environment where I never really felt like I fit in 100%. So, uh, why, why, I mean, the, there were some difficulties, but altogether it was really... Uh, nice and privileged childhood so uh if you say privilege like what what comes to mind for you what are some of these privileges that you felt you've had as a child growing up especially in a place like uh Vining, which is the place where we grew up yeah i mean it's like the as i said like uh, my, my parents really took care of me and uh, there's always uh, my mother always cooking in the evening and uh, really like a protected home and also uh, when you're in a small village you really you can go outside and play and uh, there, there's really like uh, endless possibilities almost as a kid there is really like you, you have enough toys you you have you can go outside you you can enjoy yourself you can uh, discover stuff it's really like Basically, you don't need to worry about anything as a child in, in Switzerland, probably generally. Of, of course, uh, or, or at least most of the kids in Switzerland really have uh, almost everything they could dream of and uh, all possibilities to discover the world, or at least the small world they grow up in. 
So you had home cooked meals pretty much every night from your mom, huh? Yeah, most of most of the time, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So what uh what was on the table there? What what kind of meals were they? It, it was really like uh really really diff different stuff. I mean, uh, probably everyone says their mom is the best cook in the world, <laughs> but I think it's uh, yeah, it's, it's like just, so, something yeah. I I would say myself and it was really like uh, we we had quite a lot of meat uh, also the different i mean chicken beef whatever with uh, either rice or pasta vegetables really really yeah white i mean probably mainly mediterranean swiss style cuisine but 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 really i mean a lot of different stuff and uh, I mean, from my, I think today I eat less meat than as a child, but uh, really, re really also bad, bad, balanced meals. So, uh, again, everything you can imagine, basically. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, that's um, that's very interesting. So, the Mediterranean Swiss style, I guess it would be a little bit of carbohydrates. Uh, there'd be some protein of some sort, usually, as you said, chicken or some sort in that way. I just try to imagine a person that's maybe from a completely different part of the world that doesn't really have a relation to the cuisine or to the styles and culture. So yeah, sometimes I, I might just summarize or I might ask a little bit more directly what you were sure. mean by that. What was your favorite dish as a kid? It was actually uh, <laughs> like uh, once a week, every first day, uh, my, my grandmother uh, was watching me because uh, it was the only day of the week both my parents were at work. And mm -hmm. uh, most of the time she made pancakes for me for lunch. And this was really something that, that stuck for me, my grandmother's pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your grandma was close by or did she live yeah, close by? Uh, more or less, she lived uh, in the city of Zurich. City of and, uh, just, uh, I mean, this is also uh, quite a privilege that uh, that you have to possibly that my grandmother had the time to to basically uh, look after me one day a week mm. while my parents were at work. And so the the family going back to the family dinners that you've had, yeah. is this uh, a tradition or more like a thing where you sit down together or was it more loose? Well, what was it like? Yeah, it was really like. Uh, I mean, it was really the you you sit together at dinner and you you take your time for the meal and most of the time there was little salad and a main dish with meat or whatever. So it was really like a kind of a ritual that uh, my parents and me take time in the evening and sit together for, for dinner. And then you sit down and talk about the day or what did you do? Or what was it? Is there like a topic that came around? Did you guys talk about soccer a lot or what was it? Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think it was uh, pretty much like, yeah, talking about the day, and then especially when I was at school, what, what's new at school, what, what's going on. And uh, also, um, also my parents uh, tell a bit about their work, what's going on with them. Mm. It, it was really like, yeah, we talked a lot, but I, I, I actually I don't remember a really specific topic that came up again and again. Okay, but you made it a point to sit down and talk about things and, you know, yeah. have interaction and maybe kind of touch point, blow of steam, stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. How do you feel like this had any kind of influence in the way that you are reacting socially or do you think it's important to have as a child? Because these days a lot of things are changing. So maybe, you know, to give a perspective, there might be a parent listening in or someone that's going to have a kid in the future. So maybe share your point of view if this would have been a big missing part if you didn't do it or if you would have dinner in a different way. Yeah, I think I really appreciated it as a kid and still to today. I mean, even when I go to visit my parents, it's still something I appreciate that uh, we sit together, uh, eat together and talk about uh, whatever. I mean, now the topics are a bit different than uh, as a kid, but it's still like uh, talking about what's going on in our lives and uh, maybe about uh, what books we read, what movies we watched lately and uh, 
giving <laughs> recommendations to each other. Uh, that's something I really appreciate. And I think, uh, I think I had quite a, I was quite open with my parents and they were quite open with me. Uh, we talked about a lot of things, but still, as a kid, there's still like uh, topics you, you keep to yourself, which in hindsight would have maybe uh, <laughs> saved you some trouble if you talked about it with your parents. <laughs> maybe. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's something most people kind of uh, experience that they don't want to talk about stuff, even if it would be better, probably. So that's, uh, that, that's maybe something that I would say I really appreciate in a family when you establish like a way of communication where it's really clear that you can talk about everything. Mm. Yeah, does this come up in, in your current relationship? Because we just had a talk uh, before, so I, I had like a bunch of touch points that I had, so I'm just gonna fill you guys in. So uh, Luke is actually married since last spring, right? Yes, exactly, May 2019. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, it's a different chapter. So do you feel like some of these things have trickled over in your social competence in, in the relationship with your spouse as well? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I mean, also uh, in, in, in our marriage, but also with my friends, I feel it's like uh, very important that you talk about whatever you want. I mean, of course, there is like, a, I have friends where I talk more about the, these topics and with other friends, I talk more about other topics. But still, I think, uh, yeah, also language was always played a huge role in my life. And uh, with this also communication. And I think, yeah, it's also something uh, till today, I really appreciate when you have someone you can talk about uh, what worries you and uh, what makes you happy also i mean really everything in the even though but at the same time i also appreciate when you can just uh, enjoy some time together without having to say anything and it doesn't get awkward it's like uh, both sides but but yeah i think that's uh, in all relationships it's really important for me that you can uh, have open conversations and be honest with each other and talk about uh, whatever's on your mind nice so um, going back to your school life, you, you were mentioning that uh, you felt like an outsider, kind of. How, how did that manifest? Like how, what made you feel like an outsider? Maybe what did people do or say? Or maybe was there something that you thought that made you feel like an outsider? Or were you just kind of different? Like what was it exactly? Yeah, it's... It's actually not that easy to 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 say. I mean, I, I was always quite good at school, which uh, especially as a kid, you you it's quite 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 quick. You're just a nerd, <laughs> uh, and and also also I think I was really insecure as a child, which didn't help at all, probably, and quite shy too. So. Uh, I really, I mean, it's really difficult to say why it. Uh, was the way it was after all. But uh, yeah, I, I probably wasn't too good at uh, socializing as a kid. I mean, I had these uh, two or three friends that I really know almost since I can think, but uh, with which I always had a quite good relationship. But uh, apart from that, it was sometimes a bit difficult for me to, to socialize with people, I think. Mm. And uh, are you still in touch with those people now from your childhood or no more or less i mean i'm on one of my best friends uh, i don't see him as often as i used to as a kid but we're still uh, quite regularly in contact and uh, ride each other and meet each other sometimes the, but but the rest it's, it's really it's uh, i think it's two maybe three people from my childhood which i have more or less regular contact but uh, with the rest you you kind of lose track of each other yeah that's uh i mean that happens no matter where yeah. you are in the world i guess <laughs> we talked um, about that <laughs> yeah so what kind of activities did you get up to as a kid did you have any hobbies or did you what kind of interests did you have and do those interests still show up in your life now do you think they have shaped you yeah yeah very much so i mean uh I started to play tennis when I was like eight or nine years old, I think. 
Mm-hmm. This is something that uh, sticks till today and which uh, really helps me to find a balance in the everyday life, even though I don't play as much anymore as I used to as a teenager. And uh, also, I already as a kid, I was uh, reading a lot of books, <laughs> which was... Uh, yeah, which was also, especially for a boy, was quite unusual. I mean, there were not much boys my age uh, who read who read a lot as kids. Yeah. But this is also something that really sticked and uh, which probably also played a part why I ended up studying German language and literature in the end. <laughs> so this was really something that shaped me. Yeah, and then, um, I mean, of course, when, when I grew older, it also started with TV series and movies, which is also something that, I mean, really uh, cultural stuff in general also. I mean, I'm not really an expert on, on arts, but uh, it's it's something that also started as a kid, which really sticked uh, till today and also shaped me in many ways. So when you say you're interested in cultural stuff, what, what kind of culture are you specifically interested in? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a, a big part is really literature. And uh, also then uh, when I grew older, it was movies and especially especially these uh, classic Hollywood American style movies, mm-hmm. which then uh, and again sparked kind of a general interest in uh, kind of the culture of a society or of a country. I mean, especially I, I always had uh, or I, I uh, developed a kind of... Uh, inexplicable fascination for American culture <laughs> which is a uh, I mean all the different in all the different ways I think they have uh, very interesting literature and movies and also this whole uh, whole uh, Hollywood cult kind of this star cult which is really interesting then again there are like these crazy people I mean I just lately watched this new documentary Tiger King I don't know if you I've already heard it. I haven't I haven't watched it at all like I yeah, like about I, this, this guy breeding tigers in America and it's just like you you think that this is kind of the stuff only oh, that can only happen in the United States yeah there uh, I mean yeah that culture is very interesting I have <laughs> had a little bit of time over there myself so I had some exposure um so you would say, what, what, what is it exactly that fascinates you from American culture? What kind of literature are you getting into? Like, is it more fiction? And I kind of want to know what it is exactly and why you're interested in it. So you can share what fascinates you and maybe somebody else can pick up that fascination with you. Sure, sure. sure. I mean, uh, I think uh, what still sticked also is uh, when I started reading as a kid, it's just like this, when you read fiction, that you can completely lose yourself in a different world. And I mean, it started like with the, all these fantasy books and uh, youth novels that, that just uh, let you kind of uh, discover a completely new world, which mm. is also something that stick till today. Like uh, it doesn't matter if it's a novel from a Swiss writer or a German writer or an American writer. Uh, it's just like uh, also to get to know people kind of like the, the 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 people in the books you just you get new perspectives new new ideas about life by all these fictional biographies which is really something that uh, that amazes me kind of how, how much you can learn just by by reading fictional stories but that, i mean i'm i'm really i i kind of think i have a really wide interest i mean i also read some some more uh, non-fiction books and I, I really also try i mean as i said i mean i studied german literature and uh, i read some uh, american writers but uh, i mean they're also i mean every, every country of the world has a has an interesting literature and there's just so much to discover which i didn't have the chance yet and i mean that's probably also something for the future that i try to to read some books that i never heard of from countries i w- wouldn't maybe a few years ago would never thought that I would read a book from there just to get even more perspectives and new, new ways to see life. Mm. So you said you learn a lot of things or you're surprised you learn a lot of things from the character development in a story. What, what are the things that you feel like you've learned and um, how has it shaped your own personality 
by taking these lessons. Yeah, I mean, I think of course, of course, you can also get probably a similar experience from just meeting a lot of different peoples from around the world, like you're doing with your podcast now. Mm. But it's just like that that you that you kind of uh, learn to to um, see the world with different eyes. That you that you take perspectives that you probably wouldn't, but just by yourself. It's just like. Also, I mean, also the characters are in different situations than you are yourself and they, they have different backgrounds and it just, I think reading can really help you to understand other people, just mm. like uh, with uh, learn, learning how to, how, to see, how to see the world with other eyes than your, your, own, your own ones. Yeah, I guess that's a really interesting point you had there, especially because in, in books, you can put people or characters in scenarios that maybe today people wouldn't really come into anymore. And then gives you a, maybe a closer sense of empathy to what people from the past or possible people from the future or in situations that we in, in a, in a country like Switzerland, maybe don't, uh, can identify with because we will never be exposed to it, especially because of the safety that a country like Switzerland provides. Mm. So I totally see your point there. So you said you studied, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, maybe take us through your experience as a student and also what made you choose that topic. I guess it's, it's a more unusual career choice if you look at it in, in that perspective. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it was really like, I mean, uh, as I said, I already read a lot as a kid and then also in a, in a middle school, it kind of showed that I just uh, lost interest in mathematics, for example, and uh, ma mainly uh, my interest mainly led in uh, language, literature, and uh, probably history. Mm. And I just, uh, I mean, I, 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 am, I think I'm a very uh, thought-oriented person. I am just thinking everything to, through mostly too much also. And mm. I was really like uh, making lists about which uh, subjects at university are available, which uh, interest me most, which are the pro and cons of different combinations of... Wow. So you're very <laughs> rational in your thinking. You make it yeah, and sometimes, sometimes I'm really rational. But then again, I mean, I I uh, did the choice really based on my personal interest. It wasn't like rational in a way which which uh, which uh, path gets me the best career opportunities to find a job after university or something like that. It was really just like uh, which which topics uh, interest me the most and. Uh, hopefully make me happy spending time learning more in this kind of areas. Mm. So if you're good at pros and cons, or if this is a way of thinking for you, maybe we should uh, integrate this in this. <laughs> so being such a rational person or using the, the logic of your mind and, and, and kind of conjuring up different scenarios in order for you to make a choice, like what do you think is a benefit of doing this and what is the downside of doing it? Yeah, good question. I think, I mean, a, b a benefit is uh, probably that you really take time to uh, ask yourself, what do I want? Where do my interests lay? Where do I want to go with my life? But uh, maybe a downside is that it's, uh, it always ends up different than you imagine it. <laughs> so, uh, Isn't that life? Yeah, yeah it is. And and I mean yeah, but uh, I mean e even though I'm I'm making lists uh, with pro and cons, it's still I, I can't ignore my feelings, and I don't want to. Also, I mean it's still it's still you 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 have a, I mean with most of these questions, you also have a gut feeling, which mm. is uh, which should play in in these lists if you're doing them. I think. <laughs> I guess the gut feeling is almost a, an extra criteria that you could add to the list where. Yeah, it's probably the tipping point towards one or another choice, depending yeah. on how strong this feeling is. Yeah, definitely. So why German? Like what, what do you feel? Is it because you grew up speaking German or is it because you have a connection to the language? Yeah, I think it's 
Maybe it's also because, uh, I mean, naturally, if you grow up in a German-speaking country, uh, you, you read German books first. I mean, even though if it's translations, but then also in middle school, I mean, you, you read all these uh, Swiss and uh, German authors. And, and I always really, really enjoyed that very much. But uh, in hindsight, I also really enjoyed uh, my English classes and the English books we read. Mm. So uh, I'm not really sure why I choose German over English now, <laughs> because uh, I think this would have also been quite a good choice for me. But yeah, I think it was really, maybe it was really also because it's your own language and you want to understand how your own language works and uh, how how, how your everyday communication works and uh, how all these uh, kind of also these unofficial communication rules established over time. Maybe this was also a part that uh, drove me more in the direction of German than any other language. Do you have an example of that? Uh, example for what? Sorry. The the communication, like how they developed. You said there was like an indirect communication, or I I, I don't know exactly how you phrased it, but the understanding of indirect communication, how it developed over time. Do you have an example for that in German? <laughs> Good question. I mean, in the end, it's probably similar i mean you have these rules in every language but it's just like uh, you're most familiar with the ones you with, with your mother tongue probably but but i mean what's a good example just like i, I mean basically how, how how we organize our whole social life like with uh, how we greet each other and uh, how we start a conversation and how we keep a conversation going and stuff like that but I mean, then again, it's it's probably something that works with all languages. It's just like uh, I was probably most interested in the one I know from my everyday life. So mm -hmm. this probably played a role too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a strong believer that the wording that you choose and the origin of the word and the way that you express yourself has a big influence on your persona but also how you get perceived by other people uh, i don't know if you have any experience of that and do you feel that studying a language you have started to express yourself in a different way or do you, are you still able to communicate to all social levels or do, do you have like a little bit of an, a distance to maybe certain no, I, I wouldn't say I have a distance, but it definitely makes you more aware of it because, I mean, just well, for us, like language is, is just such a basic thing. It's just like you can't do anything without communication. But if you think about it, it's quite an amazing language. It's quite an amazing concept, how it's developed and uh, how, how we like uh, most of the time understand each other with not too many difficulties at least the most important things and it's really like uh, yeah it, it makes you it makes you definitely more aware about uh, what you say and how you say it and uh, also the the power that language possesses what, what you can do with words mm. but but uh, i mean yeah it's the the i think the influence in your everyday life isn't I mean, you can still have a conversation with a friend without uh, constantly thinking about <laughs> uh, how, how, what kind of communication rules you're not following or breaking and uh, what, to, to, what kind of vocabulary you're using right now. So uh, <laughs> it doesn't affect your everyday life too much, but uh, it definitely makes you more aware. And uh, maybe also, yeah, you, 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 think, you think more about what you say and how you say it. Mm. So you have been a student most of your life, right? Exactly, yeah. So how was that life compared to now your new life, which is a working day environment? Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, especially since I just uh, started my first real full-time job uh, about half a year ago, it's just... Uh, I'm still learning very much every day, just in a different environment. So, uh, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's also a more structured life because it's just Monday to Friday, you get up at seven in the morning and uh, come back home at uh, six or seven in the evening. So, uh, 
but one thing that kind of surprised me was like I always thought uh, university is kind of more exhausting because it never stops even if you come home in the evening you have uh, papers to do or uh, books to read or whatever it really it's like it, it, it's just it keeps on going and I thought maybe it's different when you have like a full-time working schedule you start working in the morning and you finish working in the evening but it's still like it's way more intense than I imagined it's like you I'm way tired way more tired in the evening than I used to be even though it's really when I go home I have nothing else to worry about yeah but uh, this this was a this this was a huge change for me really like uh realizing how exhausting a full-time job can be <laughs> which i didn't really know before even yeah. though i had some small jobs besides university but uh, yeah it's really the the difference is bigger than you imagine at first <laughs> mm. so take us uh through your life now like what are your upsides what are your things that make you happy right now what do you do in your free time uh what's your relationship like just share what your life is like right now for you yeah i mean i think uh, as i already said it, it's uh, in many ways more structured than before mm. but uh, i kind of appreciate that now it uh, gives you also like uh, to have a feeling of home also since i moved in together first with my girlfriend now my wife but uh, it's just like it, it was so nice to have someone home like you so someone you love and care about and who cares about you like this really was like creating a feeling of of home uh, because uh, i mean I, i was first living with a good friend of mine which was a which was an amazing time too but it just it uh, never feel you never really got that feeling of uh, that you arrived at a place that you would call home again after you moved out from your parents <laughs> which was your home for um, for me it was 20 years that that was really like this uh, newfound routine in a positive way to have like uh, someone who's always there and cares about you and you can talk about everything and goes through life with you and this is something i really appreciate now to have this uh, really this feeling of uh, being where i want to be with someone i want to be and who cares about me and i care about her a lot really like I, I i mean it's kind of a very traditional way but i really appreciate it right now mm. so the you have a lot more structure and routines and stuff you said is this giving you more what yeah i think it really helps you also i, I don't know if security is the right word but uh just like uh, it, it helps you i think it helps you although it helps me to organize myself my thoughts and uh, to to also to feel more balanced it's like uh, yeah it helps me to kind of organize also when i have an um, organized root daily routine it also helps me to keep myself organized and my mind organized mm. Now, maybe let's move on to, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, let's move on to what your lens of Swiss culture is. Like, what would you identify as Swiss and what is your experience with it? What things do you appreciate about it? And then we'll just kind of kind of unfold that whole topic a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, um... I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of a general uh, general stereotype that the Swiss people are quite distanced and I think it's only true to a certain degree I mean uh, that I think with strangers it's really live live and let live uh, you you don't get too close most of the time but still I think it's not that difficult to meet new people if you really want to and it's also I think Swiss people are most of the time really nice <laughs> The, I mean, once you get to know them, it's, I think it's with most people, you can get along quite well. Mm. And yeah, I mean, what's, I mean, yeah, Switzerland is generally well organized, quite clean. It's just like, 
as we said also when when we're talking about childhood it's really like a very safe space basically i mean uh, maybe also a bit boring when you look at it that way because uh, there's not too much going on because everything is just like uh, yeah everyone is doing his stuff and uh, not worrying anyone with it but uh, yeah I think it can have it's it, it has a lot of pros but yeah you can also see this as kind of a negative point that there's not too much going on and everything is just staying the same most of the time mm -hmm. Yeah, so I want to take this to when you traveled or when you have traveled. Like, what are the things that you miss? What are the things that you learn to appreciate more? What are the differences that you see when you're in a different country, even if it's as a tourist where maybe you don't get the right view? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, uh, <laughs> maybe something that uh, we can really appreciate is the public transport system in Switzerland. <laughs> just like you, you, I mean, when you grow up here, it's just like everything works, and it's it's just like normal. You you imagine it's probably like this everywhere you go, and uh, think. Uh, I mean, I was mainly traveling in Europe, and I was a few weeks in the United States, uh, but uh, I didn't see. I've never been to Africa or Asia, for example, which would be very interesting. So I think, I mean, Western Europe is quite uh, well developed and organized in, in these kind of questions. But uh, it's really, you appreciate uh, also how everything just runs smoothly in Switzerland. And uh, we have quite also with healthcare and everything, it's just like, you you don't have to worry about too much and uh, it's i think you really start appreciating it appreciating that way more when you realize that uh, it's not everywhere like this it's uh, i mean it it helps you kind of get uh, more grateful for what you have and uh, for yes for all the things you don't have to worry about and uh, also i mean when you have quite a, maybe uh, down when you when you're feeling down and think like oh nothing is working the way I imagined and just realize that uh, it's still still going quite well considering to what could be <laughs> whatever could go wrong in other countries and or I mean most of the time you have a job you have a home you have enough to eat and. Uh, that's already a lot. You you forget that sometimes when you're living in a country like Switzerland. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I kind of want to open up to the possibility of you just sharing whatever you want. So maybe there's uh, a viewpoint. We haven't really talked about beliefs. Uh, if you want to share anything about your viewpoint, your uh, religion or not religion your philosophy your something that excites you right now or i don't know just whatever it comes to mind for you this is like yeah. an opportunity for you to just you know share from your perspective or your thoughts or your passion yeah i think it's it's uh, interesting that you brought up religion because it was just like i was never a very religious person it was just like religion was just there <laughs> it was like uh, um, I mean uh, my parents are Christians but uh, we never really went to church except maybe on Christmas and it wasn't in our daily routine at home it didn't play too much of a big role and I mean I went to religion classes in school but uh, yeah it was interesting but I didn't think about it too much and uh, yeah it's something I think I, I didn't really get the chance to to go more into this topic, but uh, maybe a year or a bit more ago, I started to to grow more interest in uh, first of all the Christian religion, but also all the different religions like uh, whatever Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, whatever. And I just think uh, I, I was never too too much a fan of churches, like a church as an in, in, institution. And it always was, a, religion always had this quite absolute thing to me. It was just like, we're right, everybody else is wrong. But I think you you can, 
especially when we're going back to, to cultures and different cultural beliefs. I think you can learn so much from religion without, without having to, to agree with all these absolutes that there are sometimes. But, but that's something I really would like to do in the future to kind of know more about the different religions and learn more about different cultural beliefs. So you said specifically Christianity was on your radar lately, or it, it was just it, it it's it's the same thing like uh, German literature. It's just there. <laughs> so uh, maybe it was because of that uh, that this was like my, my first point of interest because it's just a religion that it's most prominent here in Switzerland. But uh, yeah, I mean uh, it's really. It's not like that it interests me more than everything else. It's just, I mean, I also want to find out about the similarities, the differences to other religions. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you learned from it yet? That you've, because you said you've learned from storylines of different fiction characters and stuff. Maybe you've also picked something up from, from these traditions or religions. Yeah, I think I, I really need need to read and learn more yet it's still too early i think to really but but i had an interesting moment a few months ago when i uh when i in a in a discussion over whatsapp just dropped the term of uh, christian values where i thought like yeah i mean uh, what's the term of christian values yeah, that that was. I mean, I was. I, I think I just said something like uh, that. I would uh, agree with most of the Christian values, where, which uh, what I meant was like uh, loving uh, your next one and like being kind with each other and this kind of mm. stuff that is also a part of Christianity. And uh, my friend got super upset about it because for him it's like uh, Christian values are like a very traditional family roles and uh, the, the man goes out to earn the money and the woman stays at home to cook and take care of the children and that's that really wasn't what i meant with it and uh, i just realized that uh, that there are just like you, you again you're using a term and uh, realize that uh, you mean something completely different with it than uh, maybe another person does and <laughs> exactly and this is this is why i want to always define the things in these kind of conversations because yeah. my my guest or myself i could use a term that the other person or i misinterprets i i want to make it clear but also maybe we know what we're talking about but somebody else listening in has a completely different idea or doesn't understand and google it and it means something different than we mean especially in modern language with something yeah, definitely have changed even though the origin or the, the real meaning of it is something completely different um yeah what else what else you got for us <laughs> what else it's a good question i mean also i mean since we're just talking about christian values and i mean i said i got married last year and uh, uh happily living with my wife uh, in a flat way in a very traditional way so to say i just think it might i mean even though this works for me, I, I really don't think that uh, there's like one one way that works for everybody. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's also like live and let live. No, it's just like, uh, I mean, just because uh, this rather traditional way works quite well for me, I don't think it's, uh, it should be the standard or it should be the only possible way. I mean, uh, I was listening to your first uh, podcast where you brought up the topic of polyamorous relationships or uh, whatever uh, that there are just so many different possibilities how to uh, structure your life and how to love other people and i mean it's it's really i think it's a really nice thing that this starts to get uh, possible now and uh, is more widely accepted than it used to be because i just think it's really everybody needs to figure out for themselves what works best for them and uh, when, with which lifestyle they're, they're, they're happy and feel at ease. Mm. And so, uh, but at the same time, it's like uh, sometimes I feel like uh, it's just everything uh, 
new is better than the tradition. I mean, it's just like sometimes you have this this uh, kind of negative reaction to the traditional way. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to work for you, but it doesn't mean it can work for somebody else. I mean, it's really, but I think we're on a good way that really everyone one can uh, live his life the way he wants. At least, uh, I mean, again, we're talking about Switzerland here. It's probably yeah. quite different around the world, but uh, I, I hope that uh, this is something that will uh, more widely also in other countries that we reach a point where we really just uh, accept that there are uh, uh, probably an infinite amount of uh, possibilities how to live your life and that we just uh, accept that uh, some people just uh, think differently than we do and this is, that this is perfectly fine and that uh, we just uh, accept everyone the way he is and he wants to live. Yeah, I think um, on that note, I kind of want to summarize that or I had a thought on that and I want to I want to get your perspective on it as well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really believe that we need to sit down and have conversations, uh, get better at listening. No matter what kind of relationship we're in, we need Definitely. to question ourselves and discover and explore different modalities than we than we think. We also need to question our own structures and beliefs if there's something that we've just adapted for the sake of adapting it or if it's something that we've chosen to do. Uh, Reevaluate, question the information that comes towards us and really you know, question if we're just taking on information for the sake of taking on information or if it's really something that we can use in day-to-day -day life. And the same goes for structure, right? Um, the better we get at listening and asking questions, uh, and, and also, you know, answering questions and being able to hold two different viewpoints in the conversation and see each other's perspective, the closer we will grow as a species and the more we will be able to live and let live with each other and, uh, and have balance, you know, maybe not peace. Peace is not the greatest word, I believe, because it's, it's tied to dualism of also war. But balance is kind of, you know, having the idea of both things at the same time where conflict is not necessarily a bad thing or opposing things are not necessarily bad. Uh, the ability to hold both things is actually what's going to make us more intelligent and more intelligent rationally, but also emotionally. And, you know, go ahead and share whatever you th your thoughts are on, on these kinds of points. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean... <laughs> Of course, I think like a complete balance uh, all over the world, all o over all aspects of life. It's a <laughs> huge way to go <laughs> and maybe we'll never reach it. But uh, yeah, I think it's really, you really hit the point there that uh, that it's very important to, to also in a, in a, I mean, just in everyday life to to listen more and to ask more questions and really to to try to understand each other. And I mean, of course, you will never completely achieve. I mean, there, there, there are still some people I don't understand, but I try to. <laughs> I mean, just never stop trying and uh, all, always keep in mind that the other person has their own struggles and uh, their own problems in life. And uh, even though you, you maybe feel like this person is a jerk right now, it's, uh, it's, it's still, uh, I mean it's still a nice person in the end most of the time and uh, they have their own problems and uh, just keep on trying to understand uh, their problems, their point of view, stay with their way of life. I, I agree with you that this is a very important aspect of, of our lives, no matter where we live or uh, how we live. Mm. Yeah. So you said you had a very root, uh, like a, a routinized daily lifestyle. So take us maybe through a average day of your life and, and don't leave out anything. So just be like, what do you do when you wake up and, and just go through your day as it would like an average Monday, maybe. Yeah, I try to. I mean, uh, I, I get up quite early in the morning because uh, I'd rather be at the office early and also leave a bit earlier than uh, sleep longer and have to stay till I don't know when in the evening. So um so your hours are flexible you can come in when you want more or less yeah i mean uh 
everybody should be at the office at around nine and uh, on a normal day nobody nobody should leave much before five without telling anyone i mean of course if you have an appointment or anything of course it's fine but uh, yeah there's just uh, like i mean you you should be at the office at the regular office hours but apart from that you we're really quite flexible which, okay. which is something i appreciate do you do your breakfast when you wake up or it depends uh, first thing is also i always take a shower first uh this is just uh, it's i don't know i can't really start my day without showering first it helps me wake up fully and uh, recharge my batteries then uh i, I started to make uh, shaving like a morning routine uh, when I, a few years ago, I just hated shaving. It was just, I felt, felt like I, I lose time in the morning. <laughs> it's just such, such an annoying thing to do. But uh, lately I uh, discovered like uh, shaving as a form of meditation also. When you just uh, take your time in the morning and uh, uh, use shaving soap with a brush and not just like the, the canned shaving cream, just like really take your time and... Uh, you use this, I mean, it's also a form of a routine, but really use this to kind of uh, sort your thoughts and uh, get your day started slowly. And uh, I mean, you could also almost call it a, like a <laughs> simple form of meditation. Yeah, I mean, no, you can definitely call that meditation. Um, it's, it's something that I also teach a lot is, is making daily habits of ritualized meditation. So if you have a structure, you can kind of tap into from that meditative or flow state where, you know, your automatism, but it also carries on in the rest of your day. So you're in that brainwave. And, and the thing like uh, shaving in the morning is actually perfect because it's, you're still in that brainwave frequency that you want to be in. Yeah. This is something I really discovered for myself lately. And I mean, uh, so how after does you feel when you're done? Like what, what, what's your experience? Yeah. It's just like, uh, for, also you feel kind of refreshed. You, you, you feel like, uh, I don't know. I, I never, I mean, I never felt like I have a very regular beard growth. So it always looked a bit messy when I didn't shave for a few days. And uh, just, uh, I mean, I feel like uh, it's just like feeling to be ready to start the day. I mean, you, you're, yeah, you, you, you had time to calm your thoughts, to, to, to really, yeah, really just to get ready for whatever comes next. Yeah, I would describe it like this probably. <laughs> you shower and shave, and then what? Uh, depending how long the shower was, uh, I'll have breakfast at home. If I'm uh, mostly I'm a bit late already, then I'll just uh, buy uh, uh, bread and the juice at the train station and, and eat it on the way. Yeah, then uh, what I already started years ago, I'm mainly listening to music on my way to work. Uh, lately, also a lot of podcasts. Just uh, it's... I, it's just I mean it's to to a certain degree it's almost a problem that you can't uh, have a twenty minute train ride without getting bored if you don't do anything besides it. <laughs> but uh, this is really something that that I also enjoy just uh, kind of uh, being able to to shut uh, shut everything out and just uh, enjoy music for for twenty minutes on the train before I start working. Yeah and. Uh, then uh, I walk from the train station to my office, which is also which is also something I appreciate that uh, being at the, in the at the fresh air, uh, moving your body a little because I work in an office where I'm sitting eight hours a day. So I uh, really appreciate these small walks uh, in the morning and evening and uh, sometimes also over lunch to get some fresh air and then move your body. Mm. Yeah, then the, the work day itself is really not that spectacular because it's really just mostly in front of the computer or having uh, some phone calls or meetings or whatever. And you work for in PR, right? Yes, exactly. I'm uh, working in a PR agency. 
so what's your what's your viewpoint on on PR or on media? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I think PR in general has a has a rather bad reputation, which is not really justified in my eyes. I mean, of course, that that there are uh, forms of PR that uh, are uh, that that should be questioned, but uh, like in what? general. Like what, so, for example? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all it always has this uh, this uh, feeling of manipulation, which uh, if 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 PR is done properly, it's really not. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I I don't have a concrete example, but uh, yeah, I mean, as, as soon as you try to to m manipulate someone, it's uh, <laughs> probably not a good idea. But uh, for me, PR is mainly. Uh, getting messages across yeah and really i mean in all cases it's, it's honest messages i mean uh it's it's still uh, i mean if if if, if uh, the person you're trying to reach is interested in the message or not is another question but uh, i mean that that's their choice in the end the, the service you provide as a in pr is for me really to to uh to uh, uh, create the stories of a brand or a person or whatever and and really get these stories across to uh, whoever i mean to if it's to the media or to uh, clients of the company or whatever it's really just like uh, taking these uh, these uh, messages or stories and bringing them in a form other people can uh, can acknowledge it Mm. And I mean, yeah, as I said, if, if it's, if the story is interesting or not, is uh, of course you try to make the story as interesting as possible uh, with, without, uh, without deceiving somebody. But uh, I mean, if, if the story comes across in the end or not, it's really not uh, in your power anymore most of the time. Yeah. Because you're not responsible for the perception of the other person. Yeah. Uh, I guess the problem that I see the most that's happening in media or in, PR, mostly in media in general, is that they deliberately leave out certain information to make it a connotation in a certain direction rather than, um, you know, because they want to make it more exciting or seem in a certain way. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I guess that's the danger, but it's also the difficulty of not having too much information in there because then it's often boring which information can you leave out with it still being honestly transmitted in the way? Uh, so I can totally see those difficulties if I kind of have to think about a role and also, you know, you, your job is to make it exciting and people watch it, but then, you know, where's the line? Definitely. Yeah. And also, I mean, when we're talking about media, since uh, most of media is online now, there's kind of this, uh, in my eyes, danger that you only see the clicks, yeah. and uh, of of course, uh, of course, clicks means uh, yeah. The, the more people click it, the more interesting the story seems to be. But it's it's not a criteria of quality. Just because it's uh, it's uh, read a lot, it doesn't mean it's a good story in my eyes. And yeah. uh, I think uh, media need to journalists need to to ask them themselves. Is this really an important story? What What's the benefit of this story, of the content of the story? And not only thinking, will this be an article that gets a few thousand clicks or whatever? Yeah, I guess this is something that social media has created for us in today's mm -hmm. day. So uh, there, there might have to happen a new evaluation of the way that we actually look at media and, and what the measurement needs to be for success yeah. in, in yeah. uh, especially also from a psychological perspective for society in general so do when you go home um do you then have the ritual with your current wife where you sit down and talk just like in your family when you were as a kid yeah it's it, it's a bit different sometimes because uh, my wife right now doesn't have uh, as a uh, as structured working hours than I have. Mm -hmm. So uh, sometimes she comes home later than me. Then, uh, but yeah, we, we still try to have like, uh, to take our time, 
to talk and also I mean we also like to watch movies or TV series together it, but just like uh, I think it's important for both of us to have like these uh, time frames in the evening where we just spend time together and do something together if it's uh, talking or watching a movie or playing a board game or whatever but uh, just like taking time for each other definitely awesome um is there anything else you want to share i don't know i, I think uh, we we covered a lot of important points and uh yeah i think i could uh, tell tell the most important stories from my life on the and from my experiences so uh yeah i don't know maybe there's something you want you want to know that you missed um i i guess it's it's been a very interesting and broad conversation that we've had overall um for me up until this point has been very interesting and i i, I feel like uh conversations need to have a certain amount of time also for the listeners not to be overwhelmed with information that's coming yeah. their way <laughs> so if you're up for it maybe we can do a part two where we go into different viewpoints and philosophies uh at, at some different point but that's that's usually how how i would like to do it is you know leave sure. it open. and uh, i feel like right now we're at a point where it's very digestible for everyone is including us right and so yeah. <laughs> now uh luke thank you so much for taking the time thank uh, you very I much hope listeners, yeah i hope the listeners get something to learn from this as well yeah, i hope so too I definitely have had a completely new perspective and had the chance to see Switzerland from a different light as well, which is always great for me. Uh, you have a good day. And if you're still listening in, you have a beautiful day too.